With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show, Edge Rush. Nat Coombs, that's me. Case you weren't clear. Ollie Thornton, a.k.a. Ollie the Producer, a.k.a. Prop O, the sharpest kid in town, is in the house. Well, I say sharpest kid in town. Uh, yeah, that's, see, that, that's, that's tough to start like that now after Diff- last week. Difficult week for us, huh? Yeah, difficult really, week. really, let's, really difficult. Let, let's face it, like Hollywood Brown facing his difficult day at the office, I feel we need to... Well, no, let's not. Let's Because Hollywood Brown is probably one of the main reasons why we had a difficult day at the office. <laughs> fair, fair point. Fair point. Uh, through gritted teeth, I was uh, talking uh, to Phoebe Schechter, of course, you will know, producing the show, and that is out in our vault. The week four preview with Phoebe Schechter and uh, Shane Vereen out now, if you haven't heard it already, talking talking up Hollywood Brown and giving him the benefit of the doubt and saying, let's just give him some time. He'll bounce back from that. He's a class act and form his temporary class is permanent, right? And I think we should apply that to us proper. Yeah. <laughs> That's very generous of you, Nat. After last and I, week. I very much appreciate it, but no, we have to uh, face face failure in the face. Basically, there you go. There's another T-shirt another, for you. That, that's the mug. That's. The, <laughs> yeah. I hope we're writing these down. Somebody out there, please, at the NC show, all of Propo's brilliant quotes, face failure, yeah. face. Add that to the list, and we'll add get that one to the, the list. Merch rolling. All right. So let's uh, as well as it. the what is what was the last one? Uh, stars shine brightest under the lights, or something like that, <laughs> which clearly stars didn't shine brightest. Which under I was one yard away from succeeding because Ceedee Lamb failed to score a touchdown last week by a yard, which was uh, very very <sighs> frustrating. That's like saying oh um, you know i hit the post it was the post like it was a miss oh it no was a- on the mannings cast they said that you should never ever rule a receiver down at the one because it's unfair on the quarterback and you know what i think it's unfair on the gamblers as well so oh, me and okay. peyton manning we agree on a lot of things you oh, know? many things so similar yeah. in so many ways well i guess justin tucker hit the post and uh, and that was a good yeah exactly <laughs> so, god for that 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 saved some kind of blushes but all right there were there were some successes though right yeah, we won the ACA. Thanks yep. to Justin Tucker, pretty much. Yep. I mean, the Bills obviously won with ease, but the Ravens and the Cardinals. Uh, I would say the Cardinals was comfortable in the end, but that was more down to the Jacksonville Jaguars than necessarily the Arizona Cardinals. But yeah, if Justin Tucker hadn't nailed a record-breaking field goal, we would be probably axed. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, that is all history, quite frankly, because we're all about week four. And we feel maybe dangerously so we feel kind of confident i think this week proper i think we feel confident uh well i certainly i certainly mm. do let's see you, you got a look of confidence i know you've been uh nothing short of prolific in your preparation for week four staying up till the wee small hours like you know, like a rookie quarterback in the film room that is what propo does listeners he is just pouring over uh data sheet after sheet of stats and information to get you set uh, to give you the edge. And of course, not least looking at the the early doors lines on Monday and following the, the trend and where the money's going and where the market's going, because that's obviously uh, often anywhere a, a key indicator really of where you should be 
uh, which side of the line you should be on. So why don't we start then with, well, let's start with Chiefs Eagles. In Philly, the Chiefs, as you uh, regularly remind us, are not great against the spread. They're 0-3 against the spread spread this season. Um, And, of course, they are struggling by their incredibly high standards. Mahomes is uh, not his usual self. Uh, If you look at the PFF stats, he's generated uh, just three what they define as big-time throws this season. Uh, Four turnover-worthy plays in that stretch. Um, so he is definitely not his usual self. Is this a bounce back game though for the Chiefs offense? Well, the line would suggest that it is because the Chiefs are touchdown favorites. The Chiefs are touchdown favorites actually opened on Monday at five and a half, Mm. um, which I loved. And it has, the money has come in on the Kansas City Chiefs. We're actually seeing that 99% of the tickets are coming in on the Kansas City Chiefs very much. <laughs> what? Yeah. 99% of them to cover or just on them? Uh, no, no, no. Right. On them to money line. Oh, yeah, so, the, to, to money, so money line's 99% and then yeah. Casey's 70% on the spread of tickets is coming in. I would like, of the cash. I would like to find those 1% out there who, who are back in the Eagles to win. Eagles to win. Uh, wow. So where are you sitting on this? It's interesting, isn't it? Because as you said, Kansas City are 0-3 against the spread in 2021. They have only provided two paydays for backers in the last 14 outings. They are 2-14 and 14 against the spread in their last 16 games, which is absolutely incredible considering we're talking about a team that is pretty much nationally and almost globally adored because of and very justified because of how great Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are. But I think what I just said there is probably the reason why they are 2-14 and 14 against the spread. I think people tend to those who aren't necessarily that into the NFL or are that sharp, shall we say, will be more likely to bet on the Chiefs just because I've got Patrick Mahomes and everyone knows who he is and how brilliant he is. However, at five and a half, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And even at seven, I think the Chiefs are going to bounce back in this game. Realistically, the Chiefs are currently ranked now by Football Outsiders as the worst defence in the NFL, mm. which is incredible. But I think through three weeks, you really have to focus on the teams they were up against. The the Browns and the Ravens, everyone's talking about how terrible the Chiefs are at stopping the run. I mean, the Browns and the Ravens are two of the best run. They basically probably are the two best run games in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you can really say and come out and conclusively say that the Chiefs have the worst run D in the NFL when they've gone up against two of the best teams. The Chargers, I think the Chargers week on week are going to establish themselves as one of the better teams, if not one of the best teams in this league, considering how complete they are, how incredible Justin Herbert is. Mm. So I don't think it's fair to really judge the secondary on that performance last week. So the Eagles, on the other hand, are coming off a short week after a pretty... I would say below average performance against the Cowboys, both Mm -hmm. offensively and defensively. I think that Steve Spagnuolo, someone we've covered loads on this show throughout the past couple of years, going into both Super Bowls. I think the one time he tends to be able to deliver with his defensive units when he needs to. And I think with the amount of questions circling the Chiefs going into this week, and especially their defense, I think they will deliver. I just don't have that much faith in Jalen Hurts after what we saw on Monday Night Football. I was probably hard on him the most just because I think his work ethic is great. And I think 
what he can do when the play breaks down. You, he's one of those players you want to succeed. You really you do want, him, want him, to succeed, him to do well. You? But they, yeah, and, and look, it's a it's a regular and common theme on the show. Let's not overreact. Let's not write people off too quickly. It's something we were getting into with Thebes, weren't we, on our on our preview show? But Ben Isaacs on our College Days show this week dropped by, and he knows and evaluates college talent better than most. One of the best in the business, Ben. And he's been watching watching him play for a long time and he is unconvinced isn't he that he is he's got what it takes to 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 lead a team in, in the nfl it's still early doors but right now certainly that that seems to be the case very ill discipline as well the eagles uh, i was reading one article this week they're on pace to break the nfl record for most penalties in a season now, now again that might calm down a little bit but it's certainly not the kind of trend you want to have when you're going in to a game like this where you have to be the diametric opposite of that and completely disciplined. The short week is a great point as well. Uh, and I guess the one question mark I have is is injuries for or uh, injury reports for, for the Chiefs, all because we're recording this on Thursday, so we should make that very clear as well. But we know that defensively with Frank Clark's being a, a notable absence, of course, hell of a player that he is when he is not playing this uh, Chiefs defense is all the worse for it. He has been listed as questionable. Chris Jones as well, worryingly. Now, as the, at the time of recording, looks like both will play, but keep an eye on yeah. that. Keep an eye on it. As we always say, keep a close look on, on that because two heavyweight presences that if they are out of the game, well, that puts a very different complexion on it. It definitely does. But realistically, Nat, I am not backing the Chiefs this week because of their defense. Um, they Mahomes in the offense has averaged 30 points per game and mm. four touchdowns per contest. That's fifth and third overall in the NFL, respectively. I think all we have to realistically rely on here is the Chiefs defense to keep them under 24 points, 21 points, which I think mm. is pretty realistic considering that the Eagles haven't looked that prolific on offense in the first three weeks of the season. So I expect Mahomes to exploit this secondary that is pretty weak. I think the Eagles are ranked 21st. Um, and the, and the so, ground game, the Rundy didn't hold up at all against no. Dallas. And I know that was the, the Zeke coming back to form and, and the Zeke Pollard tag team. But I mean, Edwards Hilaire for his mistakes was picking up a lot of yards exactly. per carry, right? I think he is going to continue to roll this season. So I guess he is licking his chops at that prospect as well. So there's, there's, it feels like there's more balance there as well, doesn't there, this year? It definitely does. Well, I think they've also been forced into being balanced because realistically, one of the main focal points of why everyone's saying the Chiefs have struggled and Mahomes has struggled this season so far, where, as I said, I like the way everyone's saying the Chiefs are struggling, even though they're ranked fifth and third overall <laughs> in the NFL on offense. Yeah. <laughs> but, Are the Chiefs going to miss the playoffs? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but at the same time, the reason is, is because they're not, Teams are basically saying what we will allow you to do is dink and dunk. Mm. We will allow you to run on us. We will allow you to gain short yardage. That's why Tyreek Hill has been stunted over the past two weeks. And that is not what Mahomes and his Chiefs are used to doing. They're used to making big plays. They're used to stunning the defense and being the creativity of Andy Reid, getting the better of them, of the opposition defense. But that hasn't seemed to happen so far this season. But at the same time, I think... Mahomes, this Chiefs are coming up against this this secondary. I think they will absolutely go to town. And even if they do run the ball, I think they'll have success doing it. As you said, the Eagles can't really stop the run either. I really like the Kansas City Chiefs in this game. I think they definitely mm. win it. Seven's obviously a scary number. As long as it doesn't go to seven and a half, I think I'll take it. Six yeah. and a half, I'm definitely taking it. But with the money coming in on the Kansas City Chiefs, 
And likely, as we said, probably on a Sunday, Moore's going to come in. I'd probably take the number sooner rather than later. Yeah, you could see that go stick it up, couldn't you? Uh, one other thing on just jumping back to the ground game, because uh, as you are so eloquently describing uh, the case for the Chiefs to cover here, I was just drilling down into where the Eagles are in terms of run D. 26 in the NFL. That's a lot to do with uh, their horrendous day at the office against the Cowboys on yeah. Monday night football. Um but even in the games against Atlanta and San Francisco, where they were, I guess, collectively tighter defensively, they, they allowed over 100 yards on the ground in both games. And if you look at the, the ground game caliber of those two teams, the 49ers banged up in that position and the Falcons, it's not Edward Solera, I think, is, is, is the standout back there. So I think they'll be able to get the ground game going as well. I'm really keen uh, on the Chiefs here as well. I like it a lot. I know that this narrative of they never cover the spread that ha- that cycle has to break at some point they're going to cover sometimes right and i think it's a yeah. good good spot for them particularly with the short week as well as you said that the eagles have had so okay good start with big on the Chiefs. what's the total incidentally the total i was about to say the total is 54 and a half it opened at 53 so loads of money has been coming on and in on the over i find that interesting the only reason why i'm scared to go at that number because obviously the reason why everyone's going after it is because you've got two of the worst well two Relative one really bad defense in the Chiefs, mm. what everyone's thinking. A pretty bad defense in the Eagles is what everyone's thinking. And then obviously that's going up against one of the best offenses in the league. So what's it what's the team total for the Chiefs at 30 and a half? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But at the same time, I realistically think that as you said, both teams struggle against the run. Nick Sirianni's coming under a lot of flack for him abandoning the run and giving mm. the ball to Miles Sanders like three or four times throughout the mm. whole game, which was just ridiculous. So I I see both teams relying on the run quite heavily in this game. And that's mm. why I'm scared to go on the over. Usually okay. I'd be all over it in a scenario like this, but that's my one hesitant point to say that I'm not actually as sure on 54 and a half as a lot of people seem to be. Okay. Uh, Josh Gordon going to play? I would love to see Josh Gordon play. Well, no, I mean, he's one of those people where I feel like you can kind of put him in Josh in Gordon, situation Josh and have Gordon an impact. Plays. I'm not sure he's going to, but if he does, back him for any time touchdown score. Definitely. Um, okay. Next up, Colts Fins are where we go next. Uh, in Miami. Carson Wentz, of course, uh, now infamously uh, with uh, two sprained ankles at the same time. Uh, you've sensational done that, from you've him. You've done that in football? I know you've No, no, football. I've got one sprained ankle. If I sprained the other one, that would be heartbreaking. That would be absolutely heartbreaking. I don't know how he does it, to be fair, Carson Wentz. He manages to play with more injuries than I think anyone in history of sport. I think you've got to give him credit because he was poor against Tennessee. He was 90 for 37, less than 200 yards, no touchdowns. Although he didn't throw a pick either. Not, not so poor might be a, a little bit harsh, but n- not great. But it, it's almost up there for me, oh, with Philip Rivers playing on a torn ACL. <laughs> because yeah. we've all sprained our ankle and I can definitely barely move to go and get the TV remote and sit back down. Two sprained ankles playing in an NFL game. I don't care what the hell they shot up his ankles with. That that shows no, guts. No, 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 no. You are underestimating what they shot up his ankles with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably am. But fair play to Carson Wentz. I guess my point is let's not overreact to that performance uh, because he's massively banged up. And we hear this a lot. You talk to any NFL player, hardly ever are they playing in a game in the season without some kind of degrees of injury, degrees of knocks that they are playing through. It's one of the things Leonard Fournette was talking about in uh, uh, with regards to the, the Bucks season last year, that he felt pretty fresh going into the playoffs, which is completely uncharacteristic for most players. So look, teams, players play banged up. 
let's not overreact to that in particular. But, and here's the big but, there just seems to be too much offensively to be concerned about with the Colts. Injuries in particular, still no T.Y. Quinton Nelson's likely out again for, for this game. And both teams are in make or break territory, right? I mean, I, I think that's fair to say the Colts definitely. definitely need to win. I think if the if the Finns drop another in in their division and certainly in the AFC, I think the wild card is a, is a reach uh, if they if they move to one and three. So I feel there is a huge amount on the line here. Uh, starting wise for the Finns, it's going to be Jacoby Brissett again, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean. Can we, uh, this is where I would love to reference the amazing experience I had being on the mm. right side of the trap that was the Dolphins Raiders game. Oh, that was one of those games where you really watched it and you felt for the life of you that the Raiders definitely deserved to win this and win this comfortably. But Jacoby Brissett decided to turn into Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes strictly on fourth down. <laughs> yeah. Every time there was a fourth down, he would pull out some hell of a play and seal the deal for the Colts to take it to overtime and mean they covered the spread. But for the rest of it, they, they I mean, the Dolphins, but for the rest of it, they really, really struggled, I thought. Oh, they did. I mean, I've got, I got thoughts on that. Just before before um, I get into that, the what you're talking about reminds me of a, of a cardinal rule, which uh, I should have followed, which I just shouldn't get involved in any action involving Miami. Because my sister, long-standing West Ham fan, the reason I'm a West Ham fan, it forbids me from backing West Ham <laughs> ever mm. uh, on the basis that it is a jinx. And, yeah. and you, I'm sure listeners out there will sympathize with this. When you've got money on a game against your team, it's the weirdest feeling. It is a weird feeling. Possible because it, kind of evaluate what's more important. And luckily we're not complete degenerates also. <laughs> it is no, no, it's definitely more winning. important that your team wins, I but, think for sure. Uh, so so but when your team loses and you don't cover, <laughs> that is probably that, the worst yeah. feeling. No, that is have. definitely that, the worst feeling. That's how I felt. Um, the line is an issue uh, for... Uh, for Miami again, there was Terrible. quite interesting, um, interesting piece I read in the Miami Herald. Um, Eric Flowers, the much maligned Eric Flowers, right? Guess how he's getting on in Washington so far. Uh, what is he ranked in the top five? N- he's allowed no sacks, just three pressures in not top five, but in the top twenty, which is a big jump up for Eric Flowers, and he's had a, a difficult time of it, of course. And you know, it was wow, we're getting rid of Eric Flowers. We're things that we're re up in the line. It's only going to get better. Um, Jermaine Illuminor, Britain's Jermaine Illuminor, uh, signed with uh, the Finns, didn't get very far. Uh, was actually cut during training camp, then signed with the Raiders. <laughs> With the Raiders, Jermaine Illuminor has permitted wow. just one pressure and no sacks, reports the Miami Herald, wow. and made a great block as well to set up the uh, the Raiders' game-winning field goal, of course, against Miami. I think uh, we might be in the territory here, which again, bringing us back to West Ham, how players... And this the West Ham of the last 18 months is the outlier here, the exceptions to the rule, but certainly as long as I've been following them, a player like a, a Jetty will turn up at West Ham and barely have a shot on goal, let alone score, and then move to La Liga and score 20, 20 goals a season. Demonstrably better anywhere else. But like, yeah, like Yarmolenko for West Ham compared to Ukraine. <laughs> like Yarmolenko. Yarmolenko is a great... I was watching Yarmolenko, and I love Yarmolenko. I was watching him the other day against Man United. He was walking around as though it was the... Not even a practice 
not even trading, just like it was like he'd rocked up to one of our five side games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strolling around like it was anybody's. Okay. So the line is is obviously a problem. Um, Will Fuller, high hopes for Will Fuller, but we always had the asterisks against him that uh, he's banged up. He's missed a lot of games in his career and missed practice earlier in the week with chest and elbow injuries. He left the, the Raiders game, was banged up there. And of course, that was his first game since he signed with us as well. So we haven't, seen the best of Wolf Fuller, short stacked a little bit there. So very torn with this game old, to be honest. The the line is what the Finns are favourites, but the Finns by, are favorite by two points. And it has to be said that the most of the money is coming in on the Dolphins as well. 50% of the cash is in the Dolphins and 60% of the tickets is in on the Dolphins. Mm. So 50% of the cash sums it up, right? It's a bit split, yeah. down, split down the middle. I think uh, it's it's an interesting game, to say the least. I think the, the interesting thing about the Dolphins' offensive line is that you guys traded up in the draft to go get Jalen Waddle when you could have stayed in your stayed at the spot and got Rashawn Slater. Yeah. And I think all the focus was on the Bengals not taking Panay Saul. And taking Jamar Chase over him, yeah, yeah, which has yeah. now well, proven to be successful, let's be honest, in the, in the few couple of weeks that we've had. Much more but, fun pick. But that's what yeah. it's a good, it's a great point. It's a great point because Jamar Chase is balling and, and Jalen Waddle could do, might do, but so far, you know, uh, not, not factoring. In terms of the Colts injuries, if Jonathan Taylor's listed as questionable in recording, I mean, that's going to be pretty significant, right? Yeah, that would be very significant, but I think he is expected to play. Right, Realistically, okay. Jonathan Taylor, from everything that I've read, I think it's just a, a precaution mm, from what okay. I've seen so far. It would be a surprise if he didn't start um, on Sunday. I think it's this game for me is interesting. When I initially looked at it, I, I think I'm slightly more... Um, that Titans game for, the, for me against the Colts was when the first sort of alarm bells started ringing because I thought the Seahawks game was always going to be tough for the Colts because of the fact that once was coming off the injury, he hadn't had much practice with the team. Mm. Seahawks always start fast with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. Second week, you're facing against the Rams. After last week, everyone's now saying the Rams are the best team in the NFL. The Colts mm. held them to a three-point loss. And if it wasn't for a Jacob Eason interception and Wentz having to go out of the game, it could have actually been a, a bit closer than that. Yeah. So I thought that everyone was a little bit harsh and a bit low on the Colts. But I thought last, last week, I thought was a bizarre loss largely because I have no idea why they abandoned the run. Mm. They, at no point until the fourth quarter were they down significantly. Jonathan Taylor mm. was averaging six yards per carry, 64 yards on 10 carries. Mm. I don't understand why they would then give the ball to Carson Wentz to start throwing the ball. I know he wasn't giving it away, but the passing game is nowhere near as successful as what the Colts had done last season. The Colts got to, realistically, the playoffs last year, relying on that run game, especially down the stretch. And in the playoffs, when they had some success on offense, was due to Jonathan Taylor Mm. and relying on that offensive line. And I think even without Quentin Nelson, they still have a strong ground game that they can focus on. And I think... Miami don't really have the capability to stop the run. They are in the bottom half of the league in yards allowed per rush. So I would look, if I think the Colts are going to have success in this game, Mm -hmm. they should rely on the run. They need to give their defense. Their defense has done its part. They forced six turnovers in three weeks, Mm. but the offense has averaged 19 points per game. That is simply not good enough, but I think they're giving Carson Wentz too much to do personally. And I think if they abandon that and strictly rely on the run game a little bit more, they'll have a much better chance of success. And that's why I 
I don't know if this is blind ignorance or if I'm just, I think because of what I saw from the Colts last season, that I think they're too good a football team because of what they have on the defensive side of the ball and the capabilities they have on the offensive side of the ball, especially in the ground game, that I think I'm leaning towards them a little bit more than most. But then the Dolphins are actually 8-0 against the spread in their last eight home games against teams with a losing record. Yeah. They've covered in 12 of their last 14 games following a straight-up loss. Like, I think that the problem for me with this game is, and why I think it's tough, is because you've got two very, I two, what I think, two well-run organizations, right. two good football, two good coaches, and I think two teams that realistically will improve on what we saw lo- last week or mm-hmm. earlier on in the season. But this yeah. is a must-win game for the Colts. The San Diego yeah. Chargers in 1992 are still the only team in NFL history to start a season 0-4 and make the playoffs. I think nice. literally this is it. This yeah, is it yeah. for the Colts. And that's why I would be leaning towards the Colts, especially if the money keeps coming in on Miami and that line goes up to three. This is a field goal game. I'm taking the Colts every single day of the week. <laughs> Interesting. So you know what they 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 say we talk about it on the show a lot the the home field advantage. So if it's under three, if you've given three home field advantage, it's basically saying that the, the Colts are a, a favorite here, right? Spread on neutral, they would be they would be favored. Back in ninety two, was it ninety two or two thousand and two? The Chargers ninety two ninety two when they went zero and four. What they would have said then to the Chargers as they rolled to zero and four. Well, that's the end of the season, lads, because no team has ever made it to the play. And you know what those charges said? Oh, they said, I don't care about the history books. And they 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 made a name for themselves. So the, there's always that side. Whenever I hear a stat like that, there's always that side. Well, someone has done it before, which means it is possible. But I take your point. I, I don't think anybody could see with It's very the, unlikely. In the AFC it's very, this very particular unlikely. Cult side. Especially in the AFC. I think it's incredibly unlikely. It's a great point on not overreacting to records really and really looking at your case for the Colts being better than advertised when you weigh it all up I think it's a very strong one the injuries the competition uh, you know the opponents I should say you know a, a really really good point Miami really hard to to work out where they're at I am not going anywhere near this for reasons I've already said that I can't uh, bring myself to back uh, any game at the moment that involves Miami. So I'm going to steer well. About the, total, the lowest total of the week, it's 42 and a half. Mm. The under is cashed in each of Miami's last five games against teams with losing records. Similarly, the under is cashed in five of Indianapolis's last six games against teams with losing records. I mean, if is this you're, your true lock of the week. Is yeah, yeah I mean, if you're betting an over in this, yeah. if you're betting an over in this game, that is brave considering these two offenses against these two defenses. Yeah. I would say it's very low, the numbers. The only reason why I'm not dead certain on it, I probably mm. won't go, I don't think I'll go heavy on it, but I'd be leaning towards mm. the under, potentially put it in a tease. Mm. I'll put about 46 and a half and put that in a tease. That's mm. probably what I'd be tempted nice. to do. Nice, like that. All right. Uh next up. Uh, the Vegas Raiders heading to LA, heading back to LA, of course, uh, to, to take on the Chargers. I wonder if they're going to be all Raiders fans in the in the building than Chargers fans. What do you reckon? Oh, I almost think they certainly will be. This is one thing to really note here, Nat, and this is one thing that I've seen with the markets this week, which is really interesting. And I'd love to get your thoughts on it. 56% of the tickets have been placed on the Raiders. Right. The line is at three and a half Chargers, over under 52 and a half. 56% of the tickets have been placed on the Raiders. 19, 19% of the money. On the Raiders. On the Raiders. Yeah. So the Sharps are loving the, the Chargers. Chargers. Yeah. Loving them. Because realistically, on site, on first look, you're thinking 3-0 and Raiders, giving, laying three and a half points. Yeah. 
You'll take that every single day of the week. And a divisional game, close matchup. I think the underdog is 18 and six against the spread in the last 24 meetings between Vegas and Los Angeles. Mm. So why do you think that? Here's the case. Which side are you going on this, by the way? Let's get it off early doors. So, you know, I've been big on the Raiders. Yeah. You're off season, after one week. Season, uh, and I'm now, I'm now jumping off that. No, listen, I've been big on the Raiders for a long time, but I am all over the charges in this game. And I will tell you why. Yeah. Tell me why. I will tell you why. Firstly, the Chargers pass defense held my And everyone's talking about how incredible Carr has been and how electric this offense, passing offense specifically is. No doubt. Thrilled for Carr, 9.9 yards, average depth of target. The Raiders averaging 30 a game, total yardage, leaders, yada, yada, yada. Good for Carr. Keep it rolling. Comeback player of the year. Although I think Mike Williams might be a nod for that. I'm interested to get your take on that. Mm. Uh, Great to see. And I think the Raiders will be in contention for much of the season. And depending on, uh, obviously, significantly, uh, the, the division they're in could it could be a division with two wildcard teams in uh, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was and the Raiders were one of those two teams, right? So I'm not jumping off the Raiders bandwagon, but in this game, you look at the Chargers past year against Mahomes, under six per attempt. The Raiders offensive line was threatened by Miami. Three sacks, nine quarterback hits. Peyton Barber, terrific to see what he did, but can he replicate that? Do we have confidence that Peyton Bar- Barber is a guy that can drive that ground game? I'm not so sure. And conversely, that's harsh. shots at Peyton Barber is unnecessary. I think. What? That's what a bit. That, no, no, that's Barber. a bit. That was that was unnecessary. You didn't need to go at Peyton Barber. In this <laughs> so point. you were no, with me was... until I went to Peyton. Yeah, Barber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that was unnecessary. He's just come off a week, but no, everyone forgot who Peyton Barber was. And he just welcomed himself back into the league, everyone's eyes, and you're now shooting him down straight away. I apologize to Peyton, yeah, to his okay, friends, good. to his That's, family. I yeah, will, I will buy you. a Peyton Barber shirt. Yeah, please. Uh, two Peyton Barber shirts for my kids. I uh, look. I am suggesting that Peyton Barber might have his work cut out against this. And again, you're doubling down. You're doubling down. You're buying his shirt, and then you, know uh, you just go straight you know, back at him. You, know you go gonna... straight back at him. No, 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 just move on from the Peyton Barber point. I don't you know want to hear anymore. You know he's going to have 140, 40 yards. No doubt about it. This is going to haunt me for years. I can feel it. Uh, where are you on the Austin Eckler air guitar celebration, by the way? Uh, not a massive fan of it, um, to be completely honest with you. I think mm. there are much better celebrations in the NFL. Not really an air guitar guy. The only thing I would love to do is go to the air guitar World Cup at some point. I think that oh, nice. we could, yeah, I think that would be fun, but only from a novelty perspective. And you probably have to get really, really, really drunk to enjoy it. Too, it would be a necessity to do that. What would your uh, touchdown celebration be on? I told you I'd chest bump every single one of the offensive linemen. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're a chest bump with a lineman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every single one of the offensive linemen. Would you do it? As many backup linemen as, as well. Yeah, just go on and on. And really yeah, just as many chest bumps as I can do really, before I have to get back really on the boring. field. Yeah. <laughs> After a while. Uh, the I was watching the um watching the Giants uh 2011 Super Bowl win, the America's game there, the Victor Cruz season. Uh, caught up with that quite recently. And the Victor Cruz Samba celebration, of course, led one of the legendary NFL touchdown celebrations, uh, was something that Cruz had had a really difficult preseason. And in the game uh, that he ended up scoring his first touchdown, had had a drop pass and then scored a touchdown. And going back to what we were chatting to Phoebe about, I should have remembered this when we were talking to her about it and Hollywood Brown and his drops uh, on our preview show, available in the pod vault. 
what would you say to Hollywood Brown if you're a coach on the sidelines and you've got a player doing that? With Victor Cruz, one of his coaches said, if you get to the end zone, you score a touchdown today, you got to do the got to do the samba dance. And he had this nightmare start, nightmare. He was this close to, to maybe getting cut because Tom Coughlin, the Giants head coach at the time, as, as O.C. and J-Bell often remind us, doesn't suffer fools gladly. And he turns it around in the game gets into the end zone. And he was saying, I remember thinking, I've, I've made a promise, I've got to do it. So he just thought, what have I got to lose? And went for it. And that's how the thing began. And of course it became one of the great. So I, I'd like to think I would just uh, see where my mind went when I was in the end zone. See what- That's a terrible what, idea. I might, I might kind of maybe body pop, maybe maybe do the robot. <laughs> I mean, that. <laughs> I mean, I would personally love to see that. Love to see that. Yeah, I would personally love to see that because that would be footage that I could keep a hold of. <laughs> break dance. I break yeah, dance. I mean, that would just be excellent. I could bring that out at all sorts of occasions. Yeah, any sure point. Whenever you get an award or you get any accolades whatsoever, I always just remind people of you body popping in an end zone and also <laughs> trying to throw an NFL ball. Just get the kicking footage out. Oh, I'll just, I'll just send you my highlights, my five-a-side highlights reel. I was actually, I was playing a game the other day and this guy, it, this like, Sunday morning recreational six-a-side game. And this guy had people on the sidelines filming him. <laughs> no way, really. What is that about? Have you that, ever seen that? No, do you know what was my favourite thing I've ever seen, which was mm. me and my friends when I was about 17, 18, uh, went to, we thought it'd be a really funny idea because we were members of, well, it must be been 18 so we were going to a casino. And we went to a casino and uh, there was a FIFA tournament there. This is about midnight. In the casino, there was a In FIFA the casino, tournament. there was a FIFA tournament there in the casino and this was about midnight. So we entered the FIFA tournament. Mm. I managed to get to semi-finals, turn up against a guy who has Pro a gamer. coach. <laughs> the coach. He has someone in his ear at all times speaking to him whilst we're playing FIFA. I have never been more rattled in my entire life now. So where's the I guy I was 5-0 down in the first half. <laughs> where's the, where's I was the like, how am I going to be a guy with a coach? Where's the coach based? Is he like sitting next behind to him? him? Like literally behind directly him. behind oh, him. Just Do you know how like you have like someone in your ear if you're playing mm. quarterback in the NFL you have mm. obviously the Bluetooth whatever they use he literally because they probably couldn't afford Bluetooth so I'm not sure how much <laughs> of an establishment they were he was literally just in his ear like speaking to him there and that Say is what? what kind of thing like I don't play, know play I have wide. no idea like what he was saying he wasn't saying anything to me I wasn't allowed to hear anything but I was 5 nil down in the first half so that's all I can say semi-final is very commendable very thanks man um Right, Mike Williams, comeback player of the year. Where are you on that one? Yeah, God, that was one hell of a. That was one hell of a. Detour, uh, Mike. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks, Mike Williams. <laughs> Put in some really clunky segues. Sounds <laughs> on that. Mike Williams as comeback player of the year. We love Mike Williams, but I mean, both we of do us, love Mike yeah, Williams. I love Mike totally Williams. Totally independently of each. Uh, you know, we'd never spoken about it before. It said the same thing. Mike Williams is, and then he just he's kept on rolling, and I think he is instrumental. Really, if he steps up to and, and maintains it to the degree that, that he has been so far. It, the, I don't think they were expecting. I know he's our first round pick and, you know, but he's only ever done it in flashes. The, the consistency he's displaying now, if you keep that rolling, my God, this Chargers side is legit. A hundred percent. And it's also the fact that realistically, 
He's got Justin Herbert thrown to him now, who's only going to get better year on year. But Mike Williams it is just a case of staying fit. He has been riddled with injuries throughout this career. Yeah. But whenever, whenever, I've always been a fan of Mike Williams, especially from a gambling perspective, from a prop perspective, because whenever he is fully fit and on the field, he is always going to cause problems just with that size, especially in the end zone. Mm. And when you've got someone like Keenan Allen, who's getting double teamed quite a lot of the time, if you've got Mike Williams there as the alternative option, mm. The, they are absolutely sorted, the Los Angeles Chargers, let alone the fact that Austin Eckler is incredibly impactful in the passing game as well. Realistically, I think that, and Justin Herbert, some of the balls he throws are just incredible. Mm. Just incredible. They, they're getting the protection now. They need to work a little bit on their run game. It hasn't been excellent on the ground, but if they're passing it as well as they are, and if the receivers are playing as well as they are, I don't really see any teams. I think they'll go toe-to-toe with any team in this league, hands down. And I think they probably have the capability to beat most teams in this league. Yeah, I think you're right. And Herbert's a really fascinating one in in terms of optics and profile, because obviously he acclimatized almost immediately, which is rare and which earned him a lot of, of props. And he had a, you know, a terrific season. And every everybody in the NFL, the respect is there, has been there pretty much from, from day one, week one. And it's almost easy to forget how young a quarterback he is, how new he is to, to the NFL. Mahomes-esque, right? The, and of course, Mahomes had the benefit of sitting sitting for, for a year. Looking at the MVP discussion, which is nonsense and crazy town, three weeks in, even though everybody loves to, oh, Derek Carr's already in the MVP. It's a front runner for MVP. But, and here's the but, if I wonder if Herbert is going to be one of those players that, when we get to week 11, week 12, and it becomes a credible discussion, is he going to suffer from the fact that he doesn't feel as yet to have that kind of traction that Lamar, that Mahomes, uh, and even the kind of narrative that Carr does as a, as a comeback kind of story? Or am I, or do you think that's changed already? Do you think Herbert already, people are saying, okay, he's in a top five quarterback in the NFL now? Yeah, 100%. I, th- I think realistically last week was the biggest win in his career. Mm. And I think that was the moment yeah. where everyone now, all of the analysts, everyone involved in the NFL community now has to, if they hadn't already stand up and take note of the fact that Justin Herbert looks like an elite NFL yeah. quarterback and he's getting put into that category very early doors. Yeah, And I think if he's not, in your conversation for the MVP race, then I don't know what conversation you're having. I personally think the one, and Colin Murray is now the favorite. I think that is, a, I think that is literally only because everyone uh, uh, thinks that he does everything in spite of Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's the only reason he's the Does favorite. Does that help your cause? If you've got a coach, it's just baffling. That's a really good point. The, so that just things are on it that uh, and I know we've got to be quick but that elite category so obviously Brady Rogers Mahomes Allen are you saying Lamar and Herbert oh God Wilson 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 Prescott uh, is it eight oh. and th- are they clear of everyone else I think this is one to ask the listeners if we can how many elite quarterbacks can we actually have are you allowed to have more than sort of five or six four, but yeah, I think they almost it? start but Greg Rosenthal said it on his, his season preview he said mm. this is the best overall quarterback class in the NFL that he has seen he in a long him. long time yeah. and I think that I think it's fair to say that all of those I think Lamar Jackson is probably elite yeah. I think it's hard to say that he's not I think that Russell Wilson is elite I think it's hard yeah. to say that he's not I'm yeah. closing in on Justin Herbert's definitely elite yeah Kyler Murray's up there. I mean, it's every quarterback apart from Jimmy G in the NFC West elite. Oof. 
I know you like done Jimmy to G. you. That's just no. I'm going to hit you back. You think I hit Peyton Barber? That was well. No, if you think Jimmy G's an elite quarterback, <laughs> then that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> to have. I don't. Right, we have gone. I don't know what it is about Monday Night Football, but we have got yeah, sidetracked. Right. We so, so anyway, you, you love the Chargers. You I love do. Justin Herbert. Yeah. Sorry, um, Ray Raiders fans. I do love you as well, but I, I do. And I like I said earlier, I'm I like Vegas this season, just not this week. No, it's interesting because I'm also completely... When I first saw the line, as you know, I always look on a Monday and see what value's there. I thought initially the Raiders, there was Raiders value, but I, I looked a little bit more into it because mm. that was one where I almost said there was two values. So then you start thinking there's a trap and that's where you get into that sort of like... Oh, he's talking like what is Yeah, it. exactly. But what is going on? It's also worth knowing, John Gruden's team is 7-2 and two in away games since the beginning of last year. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that everything leans towards the Raiders being able to keep this close. But the one reason why I just don't believe in that is because I think the Chargers are going to prove week in, week out mm. that they are one of the better teams in this league. Yeah. And I think that line hasn't adjusted to that part just yet. And I, yes, you can say they don't have home field advantage. There probably is going to be more of Raider Nation than Charger Nation, if that's even a thing, mm. in Los Angeles coming Monday night. It, to me, seems to... I think this is the come-out game. I think it's standalone, prime time. Yes, great. When the lights shine bright, Nat. When the stars come out. Oh, the stars come out. And Justin Herbert is a star. So, uh, what have we got to get through? Your prop bets, uh, proposed prop bets. Matilda's Sunday night football pick. She was disappointed, obviously, with last what went down last week. Well, we're all disappointed. We can't have Matilda. We had a bad week as podcast. We're all team. Exactly. That's what I told her. Like, yeah. like, like, put my arm around her like the coaches did with Hollywood Brown. Yeah, exactly. Oh, she used to pick it up. And then uh, our Drew Locks of the week as well. And of course, uh, our Acker of the week too. We've gone big on the Acker. I mean, literally big in the, we've got a five-team Acker on. Yeah, we do have a five-team Acker. It's, going, it's, it's tense. It's Yikes. tense. All right. Prop bets. Prop bets. I am starting with what I always say now. Buy low, sell high. That's another mark. I'd forgotten that one. Yeah, yeah that is another one. And I am buying the value in this now because Hill, Tyreek Hill, that is, has been held under 60 receiving yards and a touchdown. I mean, he hasn't had a touchdown in the last two games, but eruption games are always coming for Tyreek Hill. And I think this week could be the one. The Eagles secondary has been one of the worst in the league through three weeks, as we've already discussed. And I don't see anyone in that team having the pace to keep up with Hill when they do go deep. So I am backing Hill to go over 77 and a half yards this week. Mm, that is it. as low as it comes for Tyreek Hill. And I think that is yeah. the time to take it. And I expect him to have a big week as the Chiefs come back. Love that. Um, my second one, Najee, I had to change this last minute because oh, I was going to have Kyler Murray over 35 and a half rushing yards. Mm-hmm. But I've got cold feet because I've just, I did a little bit of last minute statistic research, as you know, I do about four in the morning. Yes. Um, and Still up tri- from the night before. Yeah. Well, I just went back through all of Kyler Murray's. What I hadn't looked at was what Kyler Murray's performances against Rams in previous season for his rushing performance. And he mm-hmm. hadn't done very well, which I think was the combination of the sacks. But I just expected mm-hmm. that when the plays break down, he's going to be forced to scramble because I don't think the secondary is going to give him as many looks as his previous opponents have this season. So I like over 35 and a half, but it's not one of my official prop bets of the week. I okay. wouldn't go near it. So what it is, Najee Harris over 51 and a half rushing yards. Mm. The Cedars have been awful offensively. Harris has been one of the shining lights, but that hasn't necessarily been on the ground. He had over 100 yards receiving last week against the Bengals. Mm. But I don't think his inefficiency on the ground is actually his fault. According Mm. to PFF, Harris has been hit at or behind the line of scrimmage on 70% of his carries. He has 123 rushing yards on the season. 111 of those yards have come after contact. 
That just demonstrates how hard he is fighting and how well he is actually playing in this team. The Packers have struggled against running backs so far this season. And I think Mike Tomlin, who has a ridiculous record on the road as an underdog, I think he's like 75% or something insane like that. He loves being a road underdog. Uh, does Mike Tomlin. And I reckon he's going to rely on Harris this game to slow down the Packers, not allow much time on the field for Aaron Rodgers. So that's why I think he should mm, be able to go to this low line of 51 and a half this week for Najee mm. Harris. Over 51 okay. and a half rushing yards. My final one, Nat. Mm-hmm. And this is stressful because obviously I did it last week. But I, I love Jonathan Taylor. Mm. I love him. I think he's brilliant. I think... And I think Frank Reich has to realise that he was underused him in recent weeks. And I'm going to keep backing it till it comes off. Naeem Hines stole the goal line touchdown last week, and that was heartbreaking. That was a sucker punch. But I'm not going to give up, Nat. Not going to give up. Double down on Jonathan Taylor. The Dolphins have allowed big numbers to Peyton Barber, Damian Harris, and all of the Bills backs. So surely, Nat. We get some success with Jonathan Taylor this week. Well, I'm worried about Jonathan Taylor's knee injury, but you're telling me he's okay. No, so he's fine. He's fine. I messaged him. He said he's fine. He said he's fine. Okay. Well, hey, he's been taking the leaf out of Carson Wentz's book. He's in exactly. double ankle. It's only one knee. I'm fine. All right. Love that. Propose three prop bets of the week. Well, four technically, right? Did you no, no. The Carl official one, one isn't official. That's not going on the record. That's the only one that will come in. <laughs> Literally the only one that will come in. If it wins, I'll put it on the record. If it loses, no. Speaking now, of which. Uh, speaking of which, well, no, before we get to my Drew Lock of the week, well, I get Matilda Sunday night football pick. So I, I think we'll talk to Matilda about it and she wanted to, um, to rebound, uh, you know, particularly after a brilliant Ravens pick, uh, which surprised many, I think, uh, not Matilda. She had the, had the Ravens. I think most people think it's reasonable enough that the Bucks are going to, uh, are going to win in Fox spread. So the question is, are they going to cover the spread? The spread being, Minus seven, the time of recording, right? They're touchdown road favorites, the Bucks. So that's what I put to Matilda. And, oh, let me tell you, she procrastinated. She underdard. I mean, as we were discussing only last night, she's very good friends with Richard Sherman. So... Mm-hmm. The moment Sherman landed, she... She's friends with high places. She does. I mean, she's a very, very connected cat. She she reached out to Sherman and wanted to get a sense of the mood in the camp. And it's got a lot of inside intel as a result of that. So the hype of the game, she's not worried about Brady being phased about that when it comes to game time. And indeed, that's something we got into with Shane Vereen on our week four preview pod. Uh, and really good insight from Shane into this game if you want to have a, uh, a deep dive preview on that. Not worried about the uh, phaseability that uh, other quarterbacks, most mere mortal quarterbacks, face against uh, Bill Belichick when he's motivated to this degree. It is a fascinating, fascinating aspect of this game. How well the two know each other in terms of what happens on the field, the looks that Brady will be keeping his eye out for, how Belichick will disguise something that he thinks Brady won't have seen can get to Brady. Really, really intrigued to watch this game, of course, as we all are. But did you see Belichick? Did you see Belichick come out and say that uh he knows exactly how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense plays, essentially? Wow. Yeah, I mean, he I basically said it's basically the same stuff we did here. So yeah. I'm not gonna find it. He basically kind of said that it should be relatively easy to stop. Easy Do you know what's interesting yeah. as well, Nat? Just mm. getting before we find out what Matilda's pick is. Yes. 96% mm-hmm. of the tickets. Mm-hmm. 
have come in on Tampa Bay spread. Yes. And 91% of the cash. Of the yes. It yeah. is it is absolutely incredible. And the bookies, they're not really taking the bait, it seems. I think the bookies are saying, come on then, put more money on Tampa Bay. Mm. Well, Matilda made this very point to me, oh, that if the line goes up and up, I mean, I don't think it's going to move dramatically now at this stage of proceedings, right? But I think if this had been around the nine and a half kind of mark, eh, maybe show a different, different perspective. But Matilda, propo, listeners out there, Matilda is taking the Bucks minus seven. Sunday Night Football. There you go. She's agreeing with the money. She's agreeing with the tickets. Don't tell me, y'all, you are thinking a sneaky... A sneaky Patriots bet here. No, uh, my only thing is, is that I always get a little bit concerned when all of that money is coming in on a line and the bookies don't move it. Mm. That's just always my fear. I just think that they are, there's a reason why they're the bookies and the house always wins mm. is because they know things sometimes that a lot of people don't. And it seems like they're inviting money on the bucks. They I just don't, I, 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 it's, I, I suppose the argument against it is, I think Belichick defensively, it, that will be really, really interesting. They just can't score. They're not going to be able to score points, Exactly. I just don't, I just don't, I think they're going to be so underwhelming offensively. Because they, they can't really establish the run because, and that's what they'll rely on. And because right. of Vita Vea and this run D. Right. And then you say the one weakness is the secondary in the box, but they've just signed Richard Sherman yeah. and realistically, Mac Jones has failed to throw anything past the, 10 yards yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, so Matilda taking the Bucks minus seven. Right. Drew Locks of the week. I am going. Uh, <laughs> the Cowboys. I'm taking the Cowboys. That is now, interesting. Now, the minus four and a half is, is what I'm taking them at, which is a complex number for all kinds of reasons up against this excellent Carolina D. But I am buying into Dallas really really in the groove offensively now and Prescott in particular was blazing against the Eagles the third highest passer rating of his career incidentally the Zeke stepping up so you've got a real tag team now with Zeke and Pollard Dalton Schultz is stepping up as we thought about you know when you Cooper was going to be good Zeke we hope would bounce back uh, obviously C.D. Lamb, your, your boy uh, these were the names that were being touted around us look at all these weapons around Dak Schultz, under the radar kind of player, stepping up into that level of contribution as well. I know it's a good Carolina D. I have back of my mind issues with the the line up to four and a half, but I I I feel that the Cowboys will win this comfortably. I mean, I feel looking at this that Dallas six seven point margin, so four and a half. I like it for my Drew Lock of the week. Fair enough. My one point to that is that if Dalton Schultz went for 80 yards and two touchdowns against the Eagles, do you reckon that Travis Kelsey has five touchdowns and 250 yards? <laughs> <laughs> like, I just think the realistic as much as I like Dalton Schultz, and you're saying that he's emerging, I think that the Eagles really struggled against the tight end. You would have scored two touchdowns and 80 yards. 100%, 100%. Okay. I think I could have got 40 yards and touchdown. I'm probably half the output that Dalton Schultz can do just because he's played a lot more American football than me. Just a little bit more. But you've got great um, upside, I think. All right, what was your Drew Lock of the Week? No, I find that it's an interesting pick. It's an interesting pick. Going against a 3-0 and team, 
and taking the four and a half points is an interesting pick, but I think it's brave. I also think that's a trap no, McCaffrey, game. No, McCaffrey. No, I like it. I think, I honestly think, I think fair enough. I think fair enough. I quite like that pick. I will be staying away from that game though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You'll uh, back me. Listeners will back me. How am I yeah, doing, how are we doing in, the, head, in the true lock head to head? Where are we at the moment? We're two and one. We're both two and one. Well, technically you're two and two, but. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you no, got, no, you no, gave two no. last week and they both no. lost. No, two and one. <laughs> so you're two and one. I'm two and one. Mm. I you got so I lost last week, so I get to, tried to get too creative. I tried to get too yeah. pretty, so I'm going back to the old school. I'm going back to unders now. Mm. It's going to be stressful, but Try. I realistically Pretty think there's value on unders now. And when it comes to locks, you've got to be right. You've got to be on the right side of the line. And <laughs> is that right? Just to clarify, yeah. If you no, no, locks. no, you've got to be right with locks, and you can't get too. I tried to get okay. too pretty last week. I tried to yeah. take the over. I listened Spooky. to you and all your weird anti-under <laughs> propaganda and narratives, right. and as a result, I lost. So I'm going back to what I know, and that is this season. I know unders. I'm going under 46 in the Steelers-Packers game. When the total is above 43 and Tomlin is a road underdog, the under covers 73% of the time. Mm. Tomlin is one of the best coaches, as I've said, as a road underdog in the league. His record is sensational. And if he is going to do it this time, they need to defend well. They are healthy against on the defensive side of the ball. Last week against the Bengals, they were banged up, but they should be getting the likes of TJ Watt back this week. So I think they'll be able to stall this Packers offense. I don't think they'll necessarily be able to win the game. I don't think they'll necessarily be able to keep them under 15 points or 17 points or whatever, but I think they'll be able to keep it under a certain amount, which also the Steelers, we know, can't really put up points anyway. Mm. So I see this game going under. I see it being cagey. I see there being a lot of running the ball and I just can't see a way that this game in any way goes above 46 points. Oh, a compelling argument, Propo, a compelling argument. All right. Well, those are our two Drew Locks of the week. So uh, as Ollie said, we're both two and one and there's a lot at stake, a lot at stake uh, head to head. We haven't decided what the, uh, what the reward is going to be. There'll be, be a trophy. I think we've agreed that, um, but there's also going to be a forfeit. So we haven't decided what that's going to be yet, but maybe we should suggest listeners to fire in what, <laughs> what actually yeah. we get. As you start to get a little bit worried, as we get to week nine or week 10 and it's not looking good. Uh, all right. Our edge rush Acker. So we mentioned earlier on five teams this week we're going for. So you can mix and match a little bit here. If you're not buying one of them or maybe even a couple of them, you can still get a, a bit of value going in with three or four as opposed to all five. But if you're feeling bold, so in no particular order, the Chiefs and the Chargers, I think we've put cases for them already. I really like the Titans over the Jets. <laughs> complex pick that that is yeah shall i tell you why i yeah. <laughs> it's probably got trap game written all over it now um we like the rams we, the i rams love the rams i think as i said buy low sell high now and i know everyone's high on the rams right now but i also think people are too high on the cardinals mm. i think the secondary is not gonna be able to keep up with cooper cup and matt stafford and this passing off a passing offense and i think the rams will win relatively comfortable against jalen ramsey uh d hop can't wait for that particular matchup and then the Packers over the Steelers so as you said a cagey affair but we expect the the Packers to come out on top if not necessarily covering and if not setting uh the world alight with their offense we like Green Bay for the win so Chiefs Chargers Rams Titans Packers straight up money line any or all of the above there um and the very best of luck right I think that is all she wrote propo you feeling confident I am feeling confident um, I'm going to throw another pick in there. Oh, nice. Just for like the, this. just, uh, just random right at the end. Yeah. I really like the Seahawks against the 49ers this week. 
Ooh, okay, give us give me a 30 second elevator pitch. 30 second away. elevator pitch is basically, I think, the one weak part part of this San Francisco 49ers team is their secondary. I think mm-hmm. their secondary is still banged up, and I think Russell Wilson will be able to exploit that. Mm. I think by low, sell high now, Russell Wilson, they're one and two. Mm. I can't see this team going one and three realistically with the, the weapons they have on offense. And I think this is a classic Russell Wilson spot to be on the right side of, take the points. And I think realistically, I might flirt a little bit on money line as well. Mm, okay all right well that's i'm gonna go and look at that in a bit more detail what's the game we talked about with phoebe and it's a point we made actually that, that lockett and metcalf against that secondary is a is the key matchup and that, that could have the edge and the the pressure that certain teams are under getting into must win territory already this early on the season which kind of uh, if it's overstating a little bit certainly one and three in the NFC West, say goodnight, Gracie, right? So I, I get it. A lot at stake. And Russell Wilson, as we established earlier, is elite. Uh, let's get that yes. in, get that in at, at the NC Show, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, where what your quarterback rankings are or any names that we omitted. You think, yeah, Baker Mayfield fans, I want to hear from you. <laughs> Why isn't he in that top eight? And what is the line as well before, you know, if you suddenly have, can you have 12 elite quarterbacks at any one? Uh, cousins ranked three in quarterback rating this uh, season. Cousins, <laughs> my God! Comeback we, player of the year, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I want to start getting our shortlist down for comeback player of the year. Mike Williams is on there. Jimmy G's on there as well. Uh, Jimmy G's not on there. Yes, he is on there. No, he's not there. Yes, he is on there. No, he's not. Derek Carr's on there. Kirk, Derek Carr is on there. Kirk Cousins is more on there than Jimmy G. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens this weekend. Another well, pick: Vikings beat the Browns. I'm just throwing them all in there. Well, this you are. It's like you are freestyling in the end zone, except with gambling <laughs> picks. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Brilliant stuff. Uh, many thanks to all of you. Oh, you know what we must do before we get out of here, all. Uh, I wanted. I said on the other show, we are going to read out some of the reviews that uh, you guys have been leaving on Apple because we really appreciate that, and there's some great ones as well. Um, this is from. Uh, Mikel27, if you love NFL, there's no better show to listen to. Absolutely love it. Well, that is high praise indeed. I really appreciate that. Uh, this so is nice of you. I don't know your mum could work that podcast out. <laughs> she normally listens to Spotify, so I don't know what she's doing on her. This is one of my favorites uh, from C Granger. Can't decide between Propo and Matilda, but Edge Rush is perfect entertainment for the weekend. Love it. Um, well, I think that's a bit rude, to be honest. You're choosing between me and a cat who actually has zero involvement apart from eating a biscuit on this show. Well, I, I, I have to, I have to disagree with you there. I think Matilda's insight is similar in depth to yours. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, they uh, come in and think of us, so we really appreciate that, and we will, uh, we'll sneak out a few more. Particularly if you get Propo or Matilda into the message uh that'll give you a, a, a leg up we'll give you an edge it'll shortlist you'll get shortlist if you, if you can sneak them in uh so we look forward to reading some of those as well at the nc show as i say facebook instagram twitter any tiktok yet all any tiktok action no 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 i'm starting to look into it though i'm actually looking into it but i don't know what we do on there what would we do on tiktok are you going to do your body popping I'm not going anywhere near TikTok, but I think the younger crew within the uh, the NC Show franchise can can take care of that. It's a younger demo. On it's it's got your name written all over it. Yeah, but I'm an old soul. That is true. You are. We're gonna give yeah, it to Mar- yeah. we'll give it to Marley. All right? Yeah, give Marley it to Marley. Can- Marley's Marley young. Can- Marley's a young soul. Can uh, you know, what I think we should look at maybe is diametric opposites. Marley and Mike. Maybe it's the Marley and Mike show on TikTok. Marley and Mike. Marley and Mar- oh, Mike can on have- TikTok would be world class. We have Marley teaching Mike how to use millenn- TikTok. M- millennial TikTok. stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, I would watch Mark. that show. I'd I would watch. actually watch that show, but I think that's, I think people, Mike Colson realistically should have his own Keeping Up with the Kardashian style reality TV show. I wonder whether we should get into, like, th- that's what we do. We introduce different things to Mike each week that are way outside his comfort zone and just let him riff on it. 
It'd be brilliant. Um, What's I'm, the first I'm, thing we'd give to him? Uh, he has to sit and watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Oh, that would be. Oh, <laughs> we'd have to, to censor so much. An episode. We don't that. have the censoring capabilities on TikTok. I think for that one, that would be awful. <laughs> The oh, I love it. All right. Uh, we're on live on radio on Sunday as well. Of course, we should plug that. Uh, the uh, Sunday show on Talk Sport 2. Uh, so join us for all the action Sunday evening. Uh, ben Isaac's in the house. It's my first uh, appearance of the season. Propo uh, behind the dials and, and on mic as well. I hope you're going to be uh, getting. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Uh, Will Gavin in the mix too, of course, part of the crew there. So uh, make sure you tune in for that each and every Sunday. We're going to be doing live games too. Uh, so we got the Jets Falcons from Spurs over on TalkSport. Uh, the Super Bowl as well, excitingly enough. So lots coming up. Which will also be the Jets Falcons. <laughs> Find out the odds for that. Anyway, uh, we've outstayed our welcome. We're out of here, gang. Uh, go and check out all the other week four shows in the vault to get you set for the weekend. Best of luck if you're going to have uh, uh, some action. Uh, and we will be back next week for more. I'm Mike on Monday for the review show. We'll see you then. Bye for now. Podcast Network.